Hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking with George because he has launched sort of like the 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 what would you call it, like the pre-launch to his course, and he made about six thousand dollars in three days with only eight hundred and nine hundred subscribers on his newsletter, which is pretty insane. And so, yeah, this episode we're going to really delve into that and understand. The thought process behind that, we grill him a little bit on how he's going to provide value to those people and how he's going to continue to grow that course after it has launched. And so please enjoy this episode. Okay, and I hope this will then generally lead into my, uh, you know, like a general discussion around different tools that we're all using to run our creative businesses. Um, because what I used for this was, was fairly minimal in terms of the things that are out there and the tools that creators talk about that are useful for their businesses. Um, but this essentially started, it was one of those experiences I think we've all had where you spend about an hour with Ali Abdal and it sort of kicks you up the business butt and something, you, you just take action on something that you've maybe been putting off. Um, so I was in there doing some consulting with them a couple of weeks ago and Ali was asking about uh, what kind of product offers I have at the moment. And basically I have very few, um, more or less zero in terms of like medium ticket um product offers. And over the last kind of year or so, people have gradually here and there been asking about uh, when, if I'm going to put together some sort of script writing related ebook or course or something like that. And I'd always, it's like the classic thing, right? Where you think I don't yet have enough experience for that, et cetera, et cetera. Um, which is something I think we've all been through. And uh, really freelancing has kind of started to get me out of that mindset a bit. And I'd, I'd be interested to hear how, how you guys feel about that kind of thing now, whether you still get that imposter syndrome. Um, but essentially, he kind of put it to me like this. He was like, look, just put up a, a pre-orders page, like a waiting list page, see if anyone goes for it. If they do, cool, you can make it. If they don't, just refund them. Um, so that's kind of what I did. Um, so at this point, my newsletter probably had, I think it's got had about 830-ish um, subscribers. So I put out a wait list to them, essentially giving them, and this is the way I framed it, was like, you've got a two-day head start over the guys on Twitter. This is something I am offering out to you now, uh, something that doesn't yet exist, but something that I'm planning to create. Um, and if you are interested in pre-ordering it, you can do so now, but on Friday, everyone else is gonna hear about it. So that's kind of the, the route in, in terms of the urgency that I was trying to create. Um, so that was kind of the first lever. The second lever um, was the scarcity aspect. Um, so my plan with this whole thing is basically I, I already I'd drafted out a rough structure of what I wanted to do with it. It's essentially going to be everything that I've learned um, as a scriptwriter in the last two years working for various different channels um, from entertainment to education about how to write better scripts basically and how to make more engaging YouTube videos. Um, a mixture of written content, recorded content, still figuring that out. Um, but what I really want from the first people who see it is to get some feedback. And I kind of want this feedback as I'm creating it, basically, to figure out what the biggest pain points are. And it's, yeah, it's like it's building in public thing where uh, it's better to build something if you're constantly liaising with the people you're building it for. Um, so that was the theory. Um, so back to the scarcity thing. My idea was, well, I only want to give it out to a small number of people in the first instance so that I can really interact individually with each of the people that gets it. Um, so the offer was basically there are going to be 50 pre-orders available. I really had no idea how big the interest would be because I probably get asked once every month or so, if that, uh, about this kind of thing. So I wasn't sure whether I'd get kind of anything. And so 
50 slots, I thought that's a reasonable amount so that if no one goes for it, it won't be embarrassing. I was thinking if I put up like 100 pre-orders and five people go for it, that will just be, that will feel rubbish. Um, so 50 slots were available. And then the thing I did was basically tiered the pricing. So the first 10 people to sign up would get it for like a massive discount. Um, so the full price would be 297. If you bought it early, you won the first 10, you'd get it for 99. The next 20 creators would get it for 129 and the next 20 would get it for 149. Um, and so I sent this email out on Wednesday evening. Um, I'd had it scheduled and I went on ConvertKit, which is the email tool that I use. Um, I'm sure we'll go into all of this stuff, but I just went on ConvertKit to check that the email had sent right. And this was like two minutes after it should have gone out. And already there was like $500 just sat there. So people had, had dived in immediately within the first 10 minutes, the first 10 were gone. It was one of those, like those rare situations. I've probably only had this that was like the second time maybe I've had this, where you're refreshing and just the orders are going up, up, up every time you refresh, which was crazy. And I had no no real sense how many people would care that this email was going out. Um, so that was a great start. I was then on a call with a friend of mine. We were doing some, um, some non-YouTube related writing for a couple of hours. Um, and by the time we finished that call, I think about the first 25, 30 had gone. Um, and then variously over the next three, four days, uh, by the end of the week, in fact, um, the 50th final pre-order came in yesterday. So yeah, it was, I mean, a really good kind of proof of concept thing that there was a demand out there for it. Um, and you know, great, uh, for, in terms of a cash injection for the business. Now it's figuring out, okay, I've got this, a lot of people's money kind of in my account for something that doesn't yet exist. And then the pressure comes with, okay, <laughs> now I need to actually make something that they like. Uh, I need to figure out the best way to liaise with the people who've put their faith in me early on uh, to build something that is ultimately uh, something that they want and something that I'm very proud of. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty wild, pretty wild time. Um, that first night made about 3000 um, and yeah, by the end of the pre-orders, it was around 6,200 uh, ish dollars so yeah like very useful for a a small business i guess yeah very mm -hmm. nice and how, how many people are on the newsletter uh the newsletter now has gone up to about 950 so that was the other advantage that came with it was that because people were signing up to the wait list they're now kind of in my ecosystem generally as well mm -hmm. um so it's it's been good for for that as well but I, I think this was like the main thing that i found from this was that i i said to you guys um in whatsapp recently that i'd felt like my my kind of Twitter presence wasn't really, had been lackluster recently. And my open rates as I've been, um, you know, gradually gaining more subscribers had kind of gone down maybe like three, 4% from what I was used to. And I just had, I had this sense that things were just kind of, I don't know, I was losing momentum a bit. Um, but this was really a lesson for me uh, in terms of the, the silent goodwill that you are gradually just building up by, uh, emailing people for free and putting out tweets for free and, uh, and generally trying to cultivate that personal brand. So it was very reassuring to, um, yeah, to find that people were interested in what I wanted to make. And now I get to make it, which is exciting. And I'm, I would have been disappointed if I didn't get to make it. And I think that connects to the Twitter views, um, uh, thing that kicked in a little while ago. Um, we don't know how accurate the Twitter views are exactly, but it does help you see that there are loads of people reading and lurking and thinking about what you're saying, even if they don't like or engage yeah. or say anything. Um, and yeah. often there's a big 
crossover in the Venn diagram between lurkers and people who are willing to pay money. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, so, yeah. yeah, there were definitely there were some some familiar names that popped up that I wasn't surprised had bought it. But then there were some people who maybe I'd interacted with six months ago who I'd like reviewed one of their videos or something and kind of thought they'd dipped in and dipped out. Um, you know, they'd, they'd come for the free review. They got what they wanted and then they left. But uh, yeah, it speaks to what you're saying that they clearly are still just just hanging around in the background. Um, and how, how many of those who you've interacted with in the past ended up buying the, 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 the playbook? Because I'm just wondering, mm. you know, is it that a lot of them are buying because they're sort of like your your premium customers, as it were, like they're the people who, who enjoy your, your content. They are, they're your fans pretty much. They've either bought one of your other templates or been on a call view or paid you for a script, you know, cause mm. I'm just trying to work out like, you know, what does the trajectory of this look like? You know, is, is mm. it once you've kind of got your super fans, you've bought all of the pre-orders and this goes public, I imagine mm. you're going to get at the beginning, a, a huge injection of people because you're going to be banging the drum about it on, on Twitter and your newsletter and everywhere else. But obviously mm. that, and this happens with all digital products, it will sort of slowly drop off over time. But I'm mm. kind of thinking, yeah, like who's this for? Is this for beginners, intermediates? Is this for YouTubers who are taking this hardcore sort of what, what does this playbook look like? And uh, who, who do you think is going to buy this in future? Mm. Um, the aim is to make this as in-depth as possible. So I, I don't think it's for, if you've not started a YouTube channel, it's probably not gonna quite be right. Um, Cause ultimately it's, you know, it's an investment. It is, uh, you know, the, the, the first people to buy it could get it for $99, but when it comes out, it's gonna be more like 300. Um, because I want this to be something that does go a little bit beyond the, the obvious stuff about how to make, you know, make the screen look good and make your background not look rubbish. and. Uh, how not to ramble on about things. I kind of want to go into different storytelling techniques and more in-depth things that once you know how to use a camera and edit something, um, how you can upgrade things basically and get them to, ne to the next level and be way more precise about uh, who you're talking to when you're speaking to your audience and yeah, figuring out how to optimize um, your content basically. So th that's kind of that first part. But in terms of then the people who, who bought it, more or less everyone that I've ever done a one-off script review for has bought it, um, which was an interesting thing. So that's, again, that's like a 400 pound, so whatever that is for, $500-ish yeah, at time of recording um, investment. So people that had already made that sort of investment, I suppose for them, this was uh, you know a step down in terms of what they'd be willing to pay. Um, if you're already willing to pay $500, like chances are you'll happily pay less for something that could help take your videos further. Um, in terms of people that I'd never heard of or had never interacted with me, I was going through a few profiles on ConvertKit because it's the job with ConvertKit, not sponsored, but you know, whatever. Um, you can look through individual profiles and see what they've, um, which emails of yours that they've opened. And there were some people that I literally never interacted with who have been opening every email that I've sent for the last six months. Um, maybe that's a lesson in trying to draw um, interaction out of people better. That's probably something I'm not great at in terms of email. Um, but again, it's that whole thing of like, there are, it seems like either a long-term relationship silent or a medium to long-term relationship where they've already bought something is the kind of prerequisite for, for this investment. Mm. Um, there weren't many people who, in fact, well, there's none that I found at this point who, uh, weren't already following me or hadn't subscribed to me for some amount of time who bought it. So there's definitely some relationship building 
needed uh, before that level of trust comes in. Interesting. Uh, question. You, you mentioned, uh, I think, on WhatsApp that you were thinking of mixing it up with including video and text mm. in, in the guide course thing. Yes. What's yes. your thoughts on that balance? Uh, I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to, to do this. Um, it was originally going to be more text-based with some video stuff, but the more mm. I think about it, the more I... I like I, in, I prefer sending a loom than sending an email. I prefer talking like this than texting over WhatsApp. Um, so I think it's pretty much every every uh, lesson module, whatever we're going to call it, will have will will be a video lesson, and then the text stuff will be, I guess, uh, an additional downloadable that you um, can read if you want. But I think being in front of camera and actually talking will be something that I haven't done for a while anyway, and will be pleased to do. And I think is probably going to be more more engaging for people. I don't know. What what would you what would you want to unwrap if you'd bought a three hundred dollar yeah. scripting course? Um, I think what I would want to unwrap. Uh, th this is just me. I prefer text because I feel like I can scan mm. through it and mm. jump around to different bits. I can also highlight and take notes on things like that a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think everyone's had the experience of receiving a long voice note. And then like listening to it being like, oh, yeah, this is really interesting. And then like a few days later, you're like, what, what was in that again? I didn't respond to it immediately. And now it's like a hassle to re-download all that information into my brain because I can't just scan and get the, the quick recap. Mm -hmm. um, so my preference would be text-based with video sections for bits that need um, proper like emotional delivery like this is really important guys you need to do xyz because mm. otherwise audiences will not blah and in the text below i've showed you all the ways you can do that mm. um, that's just my my two cents yeah, yeah i think it'd be similar for me i i enjoy video mm. courses but similar to Gwilym, i find that unless you're actively taking notes which i find doubles the length of the course because you have to end up pausing writing things out play and it it feels like it's a lot more effort to extract what's in video form but it's obviously a lot easier to consume that because you just it's like a tv show you just put it on and you you, you consume it um whereas before i've had things where it's all text and i find it takes me ages to get through it because reading for me is a lot more uh it just it just requires a lot more of me to, to do that. And I find that when I have the time to, you know, binge on education content, whether that be watching videos of a course or reading a book, for example, or a PDF, I, my time there is available in the evenings. And in the evenings, I, my eyes are just lazy. I'm tired. I don't really want to read. And so I prefer video content. But I feel like in this case, because you're dealing with scripts, I feel like it, part of it would be beneficial as also text-based you know mm -hmm. i feel like having having that mixture would be quite nice and i think having sort of like bonus sort of downloadables in there like scripts that you've written in the past you know that we can kind of go mm. in and, and look at individually as opposed to just watching you mention it on the screen um would mm. be quite nice so yeah I, I think like most most scripts sorry most courses i think that i think are, are very good are the ones that have video content text content and then downloadables you know like worksheets and, and, and things that prompt you to really think about what it is that you need to do to move that needle because usually if it's a question mm. they're like hey you should think about this and, you know it's at the end of the video and you're like okay next lesson you know you never actually kind of really sit down and, and write the things out that you should do unless there's like a pdf that you can actually interact with um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I think just having like a hybrid model of a course is is cool. I think people probably enjoy that more. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, that's really, really helpful, actually, because um, I think I definitely swung the complete opposite way to thinking this needs to be all video and, you know, I, I wasn't going to cut out the text, but that would definitely have taken a back seat. But that hybrid mm. model definitely sounds cool. And, and maybe that's something I'll ask um, the people who were there, because this is the other advantage of ConvertKit is this is the first thing that I've sold through ConvertKit. Um, most of my other stuff that I sell is like through Gumroad or um, Payhip or Lemon Squeezy and like external things. But I've now got the kind of the group of them who've bought through ConvertKit are tagged with their own thing. But then the waiting list is still open and available and um, people can join that to find out more. So I think I can both ask those who are already invested, who've, you know, um, who've paid. Uh, but I've still got this list of about 50, I think about 70 actually other people who haven't bought it, but are still interested, mm. um, might, might canvas their opinion through, through that. Let me tee you up, George. Where can people go to find this course? Oh, fantastic. Thank you. Uh, Well, you can follow me on Twitter, um, but uh, the newsletter is called Right on Time. I haven't actually got a custom domain for my ConvertKit uh, landing page, so that's something I need to sort out. Um, But let's see if we can find out what it's called. Um, But essentially, the newsletter (laughs) is called Right on Time. Um, You can find it by just Googling Right on Time, I would hope. Um, but maybe Hello. someone else can take the floor while I'm so figuring out. <laughs> How many hours have gone into this so far to kind of earn you this amount of money and, and like the planning and, and everything that's that you've done so far? Mm. I kind of, I assumed that setting up the waiting list and getting the kind of prep for this pre-launch would be quite quick because I thought, yeah, it's as simple as set up a landing page, tweet about it, see if people want to subscribe. But I think there was... There was quite a lot more involved in it. So it was setting up the product, obviously, on ConvertKit. There were a few automations that I had to set up because I didn't want this initial email going out before something else that I was emailing about earlier in the week. Um, it was then figuring out the pricing structure. It was then, again, even just figuring out, okay, how long before I mention it on Twitter do I want to mention it on um, uh, on the newsletter? And then there was a lot of last-minute changes that had to happen where I'd set up this kind of system where... I assumed that the main waitlist email that was going to go out on Friday alongside when I told people on Twitter was going to have to encourage people to retweet what I'd just tweeted uh, about the the very course itself because I assumed it would need more marketing um, in order for people to buy it. But in the in-between time between that Wednesday and the Friday, so many people had bought it from my main newsletter, I then basically had to rewrite the entire friday launch email and rewrite the thread that i was planning to post on twitter because it all it was it was a little bit self-deprecating it was like oh i don't know if anyone's gonna want this and you know i'm just doing this to see don't be mad at me for trying to sell something but then basically all the marketing had to change the the day before to okay basically everything's gone so i mean buy it quickly if you want it because it will probably be gone by the end of the week um so there was yeah there was a lot more that went into it than i thought probably Mm -hmm. i don't know 10 hours or so of prep. Um, but there are many more hours ahead to actually. Yeah, that was going to be my follow up question is how many hours do you think this will take you to, you know, film, edit, course content, write course content, think about that syllabus and structure and and get feedback from people. Basically, how much, how how much, how many hours have you got coming up that and how how are you negating the the downside of people kind of looking at it and going, Oh, it looks interesting, but mm, I'm not going to buy it. And then, you know, you've put in hundreds of hours and no one's actually going to 
buy it in, in future? Like, how, how are you dealing with that? Is there sort of a strategy mm. in terms of who you're going to write this for? How you're going to write it? Because my previous question to my, my past one was, who is this for? Mm. Is this for beginners? Is this for people who are intermediates or advanced? Because I know a lot of people create courses for beginners because there's unlimited beginners, right? There's mm -hmm. always going to be people who want to start a YouTube channel, right? So I feel like the pool of people who would purchase something like this, but a slightly lower price could be much mm. higher than more of a premium price product, mm. but a lower end. But I'm also like thinking in terms of like, how can you make this product more worth it? It's like, okay, maybe you do go the premium option. It's your super fans um, and a few others who kind of buy it. And it is $400, but maybe that's the gateway f for them hiring you. You know, you can have something like a landing page where it has like a mm. slightly discounted consulting call or script review or whatever, and then you upsell mm -hmm. those people even more. So then actually the the cost per per student for that course is significantly higher than if you just went like the, the free or, or very low cost beginners route, right? So like there's, I feel like there's mm. loads of different options here. And that's why I'm trying to really grill you on this to kind of work <laughs> out. It's great at this point with how much money you've made, but mm. what does that look like in the long term? Like how far have you thought ahead? How long will this take you? Because I like to think mm. of these things when people create courses and products are like, is it worth your time? You know, is there yeah. something else that could be a little bit better that will move that needle? I think at this point, obviously, you don't have any product. So creating something is going to be good no matter what. But yeah, I'm mm. grilling you on this because I was like, I, I, I struggle with this thing myself. I, I kind of go back and forth of like, what, what is the best strategy here? Yeah, um, for sure. The, the upselling thing is, is a big part of it. So the only other thing that I do sell currently that's, that's paid is a retention graph database called the Retention Hub. Um, and that is very much going to be an upsell. Uh, and, and similarly, inside the retention hub, anyone that's already got access to it, uh, when it, this launches, they'll get a, a discount on the course, essentially. Because um, the retention hub really is a, is a step below on the ladder. So I think the way I view it um, is that free, free lead magnet is going to be something from the course. So something that I have currently um, already mostly worked out is 10 different retention, like common retention graph shapes and what they mean and how to fix them basically uh, which is going to be in the course anyway but that seems like a, an obvious and kind of easy to recognize lead magnet for people um, so that's the kind of initial in the next part is oh if you want to go more in depth with retention graph analysis uh, you can get my retention graph database here next step um, then the step up from that is this course, if you want to get kind of beyond the retention graph, if we want to talk more about the kind of context that influences a retention graph and more about the things you need to worry about beyond just thinking, oh, why did people leave here? Why did people leave there? And actually get into the strategies that you can use uh, to really, really start to improve your, your videos. That's when the course comes in. Um, and that's where at that stage, again, we're going, because this is my whole thing I'm coming up against at the moment is like I'm I'm veering away from being the retention graph guy, which is kind of where I thought I wanted to go because just of the awareness that it is so amorphous and nebulous and uh, it, you can't really use them without context. Um, and so I think one of the real things that I want to have in this course is real kind of scripting breakdowns and looking uh, through the kind of like history of a Google Doc and seeing, okay, this is how I wrote the thing the first time around this is how it changed or this is how this client sent me their script. These are the changes I made and here's why. Um, that's the kind of like more in-depth stuff that I want to get in in the course. And again, the aim is to just try and upsell, I guess, each of these individual points. Um, but then, yeah, I think in terms of time that's going to go into it, 
my aim is to release it in July or August, partly because I'm going away for all of August. Um, and I would feel weird sitting on this kind of like pile of people's money and not doing any work towards finishing it. I'm starting to feel, okay, as you know, that's way too grandiose a comparison. I was going to say, I'm starting to feel like George R.R. R. Martin, who everyone wants him to write his next book. And I've had like two days of pressure um, rather than about 10 years. Um, but the, the aim is to basically work on it for a couple of hours every day uh, for the next six-ish weeks. The, yeah. the example that I have is um, Kieran Drew, who recently, uh, he's got a newsletter called Digital Freedom, and he's just published a course called High Impact Writing. Um, and he first tweeted that he was like writing out in, in note form the structure of the course about a month and a half ago, if, if that. Um, and he's pulled that together in not so much time. And I think the joy now with where I'm at is that I'm able to charge kind of enough for the client work that I'm doing. And I've noticed this recently that I'm able to reduce the amount of time I'm working with clients. Uh, and I like working with clients and that's kind of the, the bedrock of everything that we do, right? But um, not having to work every hour of the day on client work frees up a lot of time for this stuff. So the aim is to have it out in August after, what's that gonna be? Two hours a day, five days a week. 10 hours, 20 hours. Mm, that seems a bit low. Let's assume 30 hours-ish. What, what is your thought on uh, spreading it out evenly across six weeks or, or like a, f a couple months versus mm. putting aside like f four days where you're like, I'm going to destroy this thing and I'm going to make mm. the course in four days and everything will come together. Like sprint system, right? Mm. That could actually be quite good. Um, I guess it kind of again, it depends on the the, the needs of the client work to make sure I don't fall behind mm -hmm. on that. Um, but certainly that initial burst before I put the waitlist out and, and working on it did feel good. So I, I think that might be because it's like any good I, idea, right? It's just yeah, if you sit on it too long. But I've I've heard that, that that some people who've done this have kind of said that they it's like a, a double edged sword with like sort of having a course or some sort of pro product with a landing page that people can buy early before it's even been created because you have that moment of, Oh, this is amazing. And then that dies. And then you're mm. like, Oh, now I've actually got to do the work and you don't get that funness from it. Whereas mm. it's like, I'm building something, then I release it and it explodes and it's, it's, it's great. And so, yeah, I can imagine that, that 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 can be interesting to kind of like deal with that. So yeah, you have to be kind of disciplined. I think taking that approach of like two hours a day, every single day until it's done is right. Mm -hmm. But I, I would say I don't, I'd, I if I was in your shoes, I wouldn't do what you're doing where it's like, oh, I go away in August. I want to try and get it done by July because like we're midway mm -hmm. through June. I don't know how long this will take, but if it was me, mm -hmm. I would think I'm going to make sure that this course is the best it can be. And if mm -hmm. it comes out in September, I'm okay with that. You know, because I feel like if people have paid a significant sum of money to make this course, good, um, to, to buy this course, I would want it to be like the best it can be, especially if it's going to be a course that lives on your landing page for the next like two, three mm -hmm. years, right? Mm -hmm. There's no rush really to get that done, especially if you've got video content that needs to be edited and polished. And I, mm -hmm. I don't know, I just feel like I would take my time with it and make sure that it's very good rather than say, I'm going to spend the next three days solid on it, or I'm going to spend three hours over the next like month. I don't know. That's just my opinion, but I would, I would, I'd be very nervous around putting out something just because I've taken people's money. Like I think if they've bought it with the understanding that you haven't created this yet and you are going to create it, I think that they're okay with waiting for that product because otherwise mm. 
they wouldn't have bought it. You know, so whilst mm. you have pressure, I guess that's good because it's going to make you work. But I, I don't know. I just wouldn't rush with it because I know even someone like um, Olia. I remember like years ago, he said, "I'm going to write a book." And he put up a landing page and I think people bought it and he still hasn't released. And that was years ago. But I think he just like refunded everyone because he was like, I changed my mind. I didn't actually want to do this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And like he he held that money for like a year, I think. I might be completely wrong on that. But he he did hold Mm -hmm. it for like a a little while. So I would definitely Mm -hmm. take your time with it, make it good rather than just pushing out because you feel pressure. Mm. No, I I do agree with that. And I'm in the the position where my, my thought process is that I am not re-releasing this to everyone until it reaches that point i think really now you say it like that and now i think about it it's i would like something that the people who bought it can see Mm -hmm. around that time something that isn't just a pile of notes and something that i can then get feedback on and iterate on because my the impression that i currently have and the kind of rough aim that i have is that i won't re-release this for anyone else to buy probably until nearer the end of the year because i want it to go out to everyone who currently has it and to get serious feedback on it and with the potential then that I'm spending another month or two making those edits, maybe even re-recording some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a weird, and this is maybe I've gone like halfway one way or the other here because it's not going to be, I want people to see it that have bought it maybe before it's completely ready, before yeah. I go way deep into like the like editing everything to look perfect in terms of text and video. Uh, if there's stuff that people want me to change. This is, again, like my, my thoughts, and I, I have no experience in this stuff, so please disregard it all. But it's like you could basically put up the syllabus to people, email them on a weekly basis, this is where it's going, and get them to constantly feedback before you even record or write something. Because mm. I think if you're going to basically put out like a, a, an okay, very good, but not like the best sort of quality lessons because you're still trying to get some feedback to then implement, it's like you're having to do the work twice. You're gonna mm. have to put out like a, a, a basic version of the course, and then you're gonna have to go and reshoot all of the videos again when you get the feedback, rewrite all of the lessons once you get the feedback. Whereas mm. can you not measure twice and cut once? So. Mm. Be very, very specific on what this, you know, this specific lesson is going to be out. But this is what we're going to cover and give it to them in like bullet point form and get a mm. lot of people to say, that's exactly what we want. I actually want you to talk about this thing. I don't really care about that. And you refine it and then you go and make something that's very, very good. Like basically mm. the, the final version, because if you have 200 people who are however many it is that have bought this, that's enough people, right, mm. who have bought it to get enough good feedback. So I feel like mm. you can get this product very close to finalization. And some of the final feedback that they can give you would be like additional lessons that you then release for the the real launch with, with mm. everyone, when everyone can get it past pre-launch. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I just feel like you, you, it seems like you're going to double the amount of time potentially by kind of putting something out in in the next month and then spending two months, three months kind of fixing everything to make it even better mm. if that makes sense no I, I see what you mean I, maybe i explained it slightly incorrectly that that is very much the aim as well is to be interacting with them every single week um after this in fact i'm recording something for for the people who've already bought it um while my camera gear is all set up um so i think yeah it'll, it'll be a kind of hybrid of both i think i just imagine that once once the final thing releases i'm okay with the idea that there might be tweaks that take me a bit longer but you're right i think if i'm interacting with them regularly enough along the way hopefully Mm. it wouldn't be 
yeah, it wouldn't be necessary to uh, to completely revamp the entire thing. But we will see. I, 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 one th- one thought I would say as as a slight pushback against making things perfect is that um, it's like I, I imagine you found with client work as well that often if you just try your best and the first draft or the first thought that you come out with is often like very good and people are impressed with it and it's so easy to overthink things especially as a writer maybe mm-hmm. the reason Olya didn't release that book in the end was because he felt um like he, he can always wait and you know write a bit more later and get it really perfect and then mm-hmm. nothing ever happens mm-hmm. um yeah that is another um, good but, way of looking at it but yeah i suppose um i suppose that's the tricky thing with uh having lots of video content is that it's much harder to go back and improve mm. yeah yeah, I think that's yeah. that's the key point. Like, I would, yeah, I would try and leave the video for as late as possible when you're mm-hmm. making this. Yeah, like 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 Willem says, writing lessons is significantly easier than having to reshoot and re-edit everything. Yeah, cool. Thank you very much for your thoughts, chaps. That is. Yeah, it'll be interesting to 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 hear over the next few months how it's going and and where you end up. I'm yeah. excited. We'll see. And I think, uh, yeah, I hear what you're saying as well about the kind of the time input and how many people will then buy afterwards because the, the retention hub did see exactly that same thing where now it's like one every so often, whereas before it was like one or two a day. Mm. Um, but I think for me, it's like it, it's also an authority building kind of exercise where just having something out there like that um, is is just good for the personal mm. brand as well. And, and something that makes me, it's already making me, think about and kind of codify things that I already kind of have in my head, but not, not yeah, straight. That, that's what I thought. It's, it's a good exercise to yeah force mm. yourself into writing, you know, a book or a course. You have to think of it in terms of a structure of like, okay, if I was explaining this to a beginner, you know, where do I have yeah. to go down to in, in terms of the, the, the foundations, the fundamentals and build upon that, you know, you can't just start off anywhere. Um, mm. So you talked about it being sort of useful for like a brand building, authority building, um, piece of content why did you charge for it instead of making it free is it is it simply because mm. you're going to spend a lot of hours on it and so you want to get paid or is it the case that you just wanted to make money or, or, or sort of like why, why did you not make it free because if, if it's like the best resource you know the scriptwriters playbook it's completely free and, and a lot of people used it and that could then lead to more people purchasing the retention hub or, or any of the other upsells um, mm. what, what was the thought there between, you know, in your value ladder, not having something that's relatively, you know, close to being free, if not free itself? Mm. I, I mean, I think it's just in terms of what value people will get from it versus the stuff that I do give out for free. So like the main thing I have is the, like a script writing template that I use. Um, and that's had over a thousand people download it and like, that's all well and good, but I'll sometimes I'll put out a blast on Gumroad, which is where that is downloadable from to any any new people who've signed up since I last did a blast and you know where I'll say I run this newsletter if you're interested in learning more about retention and script writing head over there and there's there's some amount of crossover and you know it may, it may be like a five ten percent success rate when I send out something like that um but to be honest for the amount of time that want that I want to put into this and how good I want it to be at the end and I don't know, I think it's, it, you know, the insights that are going to be in it from working with people that a lot of people haven't had the opportunity to work for. It just doesn't make sense uh, for me to give this away for free. Um, you know, in terms of it, like this is ultimately it's a business at the end of the day, you've got to sell something. And I 
there's almost nothing else I could think of that I would be comfortable charging this amount for. Um, but I feel like for the value that it would hopefully once it's written provide, uh, this is kind of a no brainer. This has got to be my mid ticket, um, item. Yeah. I also feel it'll select for people who want to really seriously go through it and read it and get a lot of value out of it Mm. because charging for something automatically, uh, increases the perceived value, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, and what you want, I assume is not only to make money from it, but also to get really engaged creators to read all the way through it. Think I really like George's stuff. Let mm. me either work with him or recommend him to people that I also work with. Um, sure. And yeah, I think that's a good, I think it's a good option. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and you've be been honest. giving, sorry to interrupt. Um, no. You've been giving out like enough uh, value on Twitter for, and your newsletter for a long enough time that I feel like you've spread that net pretty wide already in, in, in the field of people who are interested in YouTube script writing and retention and that. So, Mm. Um, I think you've got most, a lot of them already. Yeah, that's the hope. Um, I think it's ultimately as well, like being able to do something uh, at a wider scale. So I really like what I do in my newsletter and I'm glad that it helps the people that I review directly. But I think then the, the translation between the people whose videos I've reviewed and the people who then read it is probably a bit less because each week uh, I'll review three different videos and they'll be very specific takeaways from those bits of content but they may not be relevant every week to somebody who's reading it um and i'm at the point where i I want to try and deliver more um teaching and more advice at scale and the the aim with this playbook again is to make it something that is applicable across all different types of niches across entertainment and education regardless of what you do and who you are um so that's just something that's satisfying to me. And I love getting DMs from people who I've reviewed and, and they say, I've implemented this and it's improved my videos. And the video views are going up and, oh, the retention was a lot flatter this time because of this. There was one like ridiculous testimonial I got where this guy was like, oh, I implemented stuff from your newsletter and I made this new chess channel and the first two videos got 100,000 views or something. So I'm like, okay, that's also a lot of you, probably mainly you, but it's like, <laughs> this is crazy. Like it, that's when you see reflected back at you what you're actually giving out and that's what i really love and i think that this is an opportunity to to give that out uh, in a way that's hopefully very useful to lots of people um because ultimately like i don't know i really like script writing i like the people i work for but i can only write so many scripts in a week and it's like what is the the ultimate goal beyond just writing scripts for people um and i i do like the idea of uh, teaching and disseminating advice and seeing other people do well from from the experience that we've managed to to get, you know? Yeah, that makes complete sense. All right. Thank you guys very much for all your thoughts and advice. This is all helpful, um, very helpful. And uh, yeah, I hope this has been a useful discussion for anyone who is thinking about launching something, maybe doesn't have the, the confidence to, isn't sure whether or not anyone's listening or watching. Um, for, yeah, again, for transparency, I think at the time of launching had about 3,000 Twitter followers or 3,200 an 820-ish newsletter subscribers, and it's generated a, a very nice profit for the business. So um, if you're around there or even slightly less, like there's a good chance that somebody uh, will be willing to pay for the knowledge that you you have, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. It was really useful to know. It definitely gave me some food for thought uh, moving forwards mm. when it comes to yeah creating educational courses and books and things like that. 
Um, mm. I definitely think it's it's good advice, yeah, to to have that pre-launch to to to, to validate if anyone's actually interested in it. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to steal that going forwards. Yeah, and 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 I think uh, another lesson as well is that you, you've been putting stuff out for at least a year now, George, right on Twitter, um, mm. and that is that is like the ramp slow ramp that has built an audience that has made this possible i would say like mm. m a lot of this information was already in your head a year ago um mm. i mean not all of it obviously but a lot of it Some. um but um it would have been hard to uh, start from nothing so you've been doing a great job with the personal brand stuff first and now this is possible because of that yeah cool. thank you yeah it's cool. true very true all right i guess we can we can wrap it up there and um we'll see you all in the, the next episode cool see you later bye <laughs>